This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Spoiler alert. What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. And welcome to episode number 44 of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. My name is John. And I have something to talk about that I didn't watch this week. Really? Yes, we went to the movies today to go see La La Land. Wow. This was pre-planned, like, from a couple weeks ago. My mom was all coming to watch the kid. And we get to the movie theater, and it's sold out. I am not surprised. See, I was because two days ago I looked and there was not a ticket sold for that at the Regal and Augusta where you have to have reserved seating. Not a single ticket was sold and we showed up more than a half hour before showtime and it was sold out. So it was that was surprising actually to me because I I get looking two days ago, but it was a cold day. It's a Sunday. Um, There's. So much, they got so many Golden Globes and they've got Oscar nods for the movie and yeah. Maine's really white, you know? It the, really is. It, everything it that really I see is. on the internet keeps saying that, you know, white people love La La Land and this is the movie that the whites have been waiting for and it, it, it sounds terrible to say that, but apparently it is just very, very popular among, um, middle class white people. And we have a lot of those in Maine, so I'm not. We do. That's that's 99.9 percent of the population. You know. (laughs) Yep. So I'm not surprised at all at your predicament. Well, did you end up going to see something else, or just there was nothing else the wife wanted to see that was playing anywhere comparable to when that started? Gotcha. Yeah. And so we just said, "All right, well, I guess we'll head home." So, what was it that you wanted to see that was comparable? Because you said there was nothing that the wife wanted to see. Um, you know, honestly, I, I mean, I would I would go see the Bye Bye Man probably, I, or go see Star Wars again. I called it. I called the Bye Bye Man. Yeah, I'd go see that or go see Star Wars again. That was my first look. Gotcha. See what time that was playing because, well, you know, it's already down to just four screenings. That's tragic. It really is. I mean, it has been a month almost. True. So, I mean, I guess that's respectable. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow, so that's something I didn't watch this week that I was genuinely planning on watching. Hmm. I, I would have liked to have heard the uh, results of your viewing, but now I guess I'm going to have to wait. Yeah, I mean, because I like musicals. We've established that. The so di- The disappointment grows within me. Oh, come on. You've known that for like the 20 years we've been No, 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 no. I mean the disappointment that I don't get to find out what happened in the movie. Oh, 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 oh. White people sing and they're happy. That's probably, it's probably, you know, it's full of beautiful people, isn't it? And that Gosling fella. Beautiful. No, 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 no. no, Real beautiful people. Not, not that Marilyn Manson person. All right. So, what did, uh, what what did you watch this week? I watched a whole bunch of stuff. I watched some 
shows that I've been watching. I watched some returning shows, um, and I even watched uh, two new shows this week. Was it two? Yeah, it was two new shows. All right. Um, but I wanted to jump in first with my pick of the week for shows. Okay. Uh, and, and this was a no-brainer because this was easily one of the best episodes that I've seen of this series to date, I think. I believe okay. that it, like, it hit all the notes. It, it touched upon everything that I wanted it to, and it really felt genuinely why I love this show. And that would be this week's episode of Sherlock. I was afraid you were going to say that. Really? Yeah, because you're giving it such a hard sell of awesomeness. And I, I really enjoyed the show, but there was one screaming thing about it that bothered me. Really? Yes. Toby Jones's teeth? No, no, yeah. nothing to do with anyone's uh, aesthetics. It was that had they not found the disc of the movie that Mary left, then John never would have gone to save Sherlock and then he would most likely be dead. Like that to me, that was like the elaborate ruses, everything that went on it, I thought was great and I was okay with it. But when it came down to, if they just didn't happen to be there and happened to, Oh, well this is the thing he does when he hasn't solved. Like that to me, that was like, it just like, but I rolled my eyes at that whole thing. Like it ruined the entire episode for me, honestly, Maybe that's a strong statement, but I rolled my eyes at it because it was just like, yeah. But that's the thing is they actually addressed that. You know, she said that he needed to drive himself into the ground so that John would come save him. So that was his plan. He was expecting that. John said to Mary's ghost there when he was talking to her, he said, I'm not that man. I wouldn't have come. I was not going to come until I found your disc, until I found the message that you gave to him. Right. But it's the circumstances that led to them finding and watching the disc. And, of course, it was just moments before Sherlock's about to be murdered by the serial killer. That was the thing for me. Like, that was just – it wasn't – that was the – oh, it's just the timing, the convenience. Uh, It's just – it was really far-fetched. See, I have to take everything with Sherlock with a grain of salt because nobody is that intelligent. Nobody is that clever. You know, it was awesome finding out that, you know, four weeks ago he planted a recording device in Watson's cane knowing that he would bring it there. But the thing is, in real life, that never would have worked. Just like it never would have worked that they would have found the disc at the last second and gotten there and rescued him at the last second. It was just like the cane, just like the... uh, Mrs. Hudson showing up with him in the trunk at the therapist's office and getting the the number or the address two weeks ago from Sherlock. You know, all of those things are preposterous when you really think about it. But they explained it all, too. Like, they they explained everything. Like, he he explained it all away, like, why he knew he would go to that therapist. Actually, he didn't explain that. Mary explained it. Right. Mary explained why Sherlock would know that he would go to that therapist and, yep. and you know, why he knew about the cane and on and on and on. Like, so, I mean, yeah, there was a lot of human predictability in that aspect of it all, but. Well, they it explained was just, why they found the disc, too, because it was stabbed. You know, they were trying correct. to figure out what was nope. going on. And, and, 
but it's just the timing of it. Like, had they not come to that conclusion right there and found that disc, and then Miss Hudson kicked everyone out once they found out it was Mary, and then if John, if Watson hadn't actually sat and watched the entire thing first, and then he watches the disc and he realizes, oh, Sherlock's going to be killed, so I need to get over there? Like, that was the point to me that – I mean, I – I loved everything else about it except that that one that whole sequence of events that ending. You know what I mean? Uh, I'll agree to disagree because okay, I, that's fine. I, I think it was great. I think that it like you would expect that Watson was going to go after Sherlock. You would yes. That, I would that was the whole point. Yes. And the fact that he wasn't going to, and it was only because he saw that Mary had that message and it kind of snapped him back to reality, that really did it for me. Whereas with you, it made it more unbelievable. So we we had the opposite reaction there. But for me, it really made it even better. Okay. Okay. Um, That moment aside, though. That moment aside, I really did enjoy the rest of the episode. I thought it was a good story. I thought it was believable of Sherlock going down, going going through that downward spiral, not because Mary told him to, but because that's like, to me, that's his personality. Like, that's how he would handle Mary dying, him not being able to prevent her from dying, him not seeing something. Like, he would blame himself that bad because he wasn't able to see that. Someone outsmarted him or he... You know, he realized he ran his mouth too much and on and on and on. I mean, and honestly, like that one sentence where he said, uh, where he talked about how, like, you know, Mary and John, not this episode, the previous episode, where basically he had told that Mary's former coworker, if you will, you know, that those, that is his, those two people are the most important two people in his life type of thing. So, and one of them was dead and the other one told him to get the hell out of his life. So, and so that downward spiral, the way he handles things and everything, like, yeah, I could totally see him going through what he went through. And then the whole bit with, um, which the big reveal at the end was tremendous, honestly, but the whole bit with, uh, you know, him seeing him as the serial killer and then trying to solve it to be proven right. And then he screws it up because of the drugs and all that stuff. Like that was all like great. I thought that was really well done. I loved that. I loved John actually talking to Mary's ghost, you know, here they brought the actress back in and let her be the ghostly figure, you know, that was talking to him. And, you know, she kept reminding him over and over again, I'm in your mind. You know, he's yeah. like, I don't want to think about this. She's like, obviously you do. Cause you know, this is all in your mind. Yep. You know, driving him in different directions, telling him what to do, you know, pointing out that he was being an idiot. And she kept telling over and over again. I loved it. She kept saying he should be wearing the hat. He should wear the hat. It's a thing. Sherlock should be wearing the hat. Yeah, I thought that was great, too. The kids would really appreciate the hat. Yeah. And so he wore the hat. I also really appreciated when he was talking with... um who he thought was the daughter, but, you know, we find out later was not the actual daughter. Yes. Um, which, and he had a really good speech about suicide while he was standing out there on the bridge. You know, he's like taking your own life. Well, who are you yep. taking it from? 
He's like, when you're gone, you're not going to miss it. It's everybody else that's going to miss it. You know, they're the ones that feel the loss. They're the ones that feel betrayed. So if anything, you're taking it from them. Your own life does not belong to you. So keep your damn hands off it. It's like, that's pretty, That that's a good way of looking at suicide. It really is. Like, I, yes, it really is. Because that's basically like, you know, when someone kills themselves, oh, they'll, everyone will be better off without me. Oh, what was me? And then they kill themselves or whatever. You're right. It's like I've said, I've actually said this to people. Well, you know, you're, you're hurting everyone else around you more. Right. So they're not better off without you. You're, you're hurting them more than they're with you. Or you have the, the people that like, well, I'll show her. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You have those like really vindictive type people. So, yeah. Anyhow, um, what else do you want to talk about the episode before we talk about the big reveal? Uh, I loved that they actually gave so much more depth. They got back to the depth of Mrs. Hudson. You know, mm. they, they've yes. kind of pushed her aside for the past couple of seasons, and we forgot that you know, like she said, I was married to the premier drug dealer of. Uh, England and, you know, he had money and he had power and that's why she has that awesome car and that's why she knows how to drive like that. And, you know, she, yeah. she took, uh, <laughs> Sherlock hostage. Yes. But, uh, you're not the first smackhead I've dealt with Sherlock. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yep. fake the little teacup dropping thing, fake being scared so that she could get the drop on him. And then she's like, yeah, get the handcuffs out. I know you've got a pair in your salad drawer. I've used them. And I'm like, well, John, I keep telling you, I'm not your maid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but she really stepped it up too. You know, they gave yes. her a lot of depth. That scene that you were talking about when, you know, John realizes that the, uh, the person on the videotape is Mary, you know, and he's kind of yeah. losing it. And she's like, every one of you get out right now. You have no business seeing this. This is his recently deceased wife. If any of you doesn't leave right now, you are admitting to me that you don't have a shred of human decency in you. And everybody yeah. leaves except for Mycroft <laughs> because he doesn't have human decency. And she's no, like, and she's like, no get out of here, you reptile. <laughs> yep. Yep. So good times. very good times, very good uh, character depth on these guys. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And then, like you said, you know, we had the big twist ending. Yes, the big reveal that it's not a Holmes brother, but a Holmes sister. Dun, yes. dun, dun. You're and, right. and she has been manipulating everybody. Yeah. Like she posed as the, the serial killer's daughter. Yep. And gave Sherlock information he couldn't possibly have gotten without her right. telling him. And then she posed as the, uh, the, the girl on the train or on the trolley or whatever it is that, uh -huh. that John had his quote unquote affair with, you know, his texting affair. I, I was going to say, sir, I, I would hope that you of all people would say yeah. that a texting affair is an affair. And what did you think of that whole scene where he's telling Mary about it? I'm not perfect, Mary. I cheated on you. And he tells her that whole that whole tale. And Sherlock just standing there staring. And then, like, you can actually see Sherlock in the background coming to the realization, oh, he can see Mary. Like, he, he's talking to her. Yeah. And he, because didn't, he, may, he didn't harass him. He didn't give him shit about it. He didn't question it. He was just like, yep. Yep. This is a thing. Yep. And then when he leaves, he puts the hat on, and that's when he says, well, I'm sure i got to wear the hat. Right, mm -hmm. Mary? And he walks out. <laughs> so it's a little nod that, all right, I see what's going on here. Yep. 
No, that was done really well. That yeah. was done well, that whole with Mary in the episode. But um yeah, so it's Sherlock's sister. And is she is she the one that did the miss me? That's what it seemed to be. Because yeah. he had the it's, black light up to the paper that she supposedly yes. got from the daughter and she's like, I added one thing that he never picked up on. Yeah, so it's not Moriarty. Right. She's been manipulating him all this time. Yeah, so that's that's kind of interesting. Uh, I'm very excited for the episode tonight because it is Sunday the 15th, so I'm very excited for the episode tonight. Me too. Yeah, I can't – and I just – I love the fact that you know PBS basically has it on already. Like, you know, it, it'll be on. It was on at 7, 8, uh, 7 p.m. Last week's episode? Uh, this week's episode started at 7 p.m., I believe. Oh, interesting. My recording started. Um Oh, nice. It was interesting, too. Her name is Euros, and they said that the translation is Eastern Wind. Yes. And if you look back a few episodes, more, uh, Moriarty, uh, Mycroft has said, you know, Sherlock, the Eastern Wind is coming blowing for you. Yes. And then, but then he had, he had a note on his thing that like we saw right before the end where he picked up his hat or he picked up something on the thing that said, call, call, um, all I can think of is Sheridan. Oh yeah, the um, oh, what was that guy's name? That that's actually like name wise, that's supposed to be the third Holmes brother, right? And um, I feel stupid now because I should know this. I don't know. Whatever. Well, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Uh, luckily, Wikipedia is not gonna screw me over when it comes to the UK WWE UK results tonight. Uh, boy. Oh, so do you think we're going to get any more after seasons after this? Because that's, that's been the big, um, yes. I know you think we are. Oh, okay. Okay. I just actually read, as I said that out loud, that Cumberpatch has signed for a fifth series. Yep. Uh, plus this is Moffat's last season on Doctor Who. Yeah. So he'll be able to fully focus himself on Sherlock and whatever else he wants to do. Well, um, it'll be interesting to see, like, because it is hard for them to get, like, Benedict Cumberpatch and John Freeman and everybody else. Well, at least those two guys. Martin Freeman? Martin, did I say John Freeman? You sure did. Okay, I meant Martin Freeman. All right, here we go. It is, but at the same time, they're only doing three episodes at a time. It can't yeah. be that demanding. <laughs> they could bang that out in, like, two yeah. afternoons. All right, I'm not finding it. It was like Sheridan or something like that. Yeah. Regardless, it doesn't matter. But yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if we're ever going to see another Robert Downey Jr. movie. I had heard yes. Because I actually really enjoyed those as well. As did I. I had heard that they were going to work on the third one, but they kind of have that whole King Arthur thing right now. You know, that Guy Ritchie's working on. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Guy Ritchie, um, was it? Have you seen the like Crackle? Do you know what Crackle is? I sure do. Okay, for those that don't know, Crackle is like a free channel, if you will. Like, if you have a Roku, you can download the app, or any like tablet, phone, device, whatever. You can download the Crackle app. It's all mostly uh, Japan anime, but they're doing an original or Asian movies, but they're doing an original series. That starts up here soon, and it's Snatch, and it's based on 
the Guy Ritchie film Snatch. Oh, really? And I watched the trailer, and it seems completely unrelated to the movie. Like, even looking up, no characters were the same, like, same names or whatever. The plots just seem to be some British crime stuff going on. And and really, it, I, it was a big meh for me because I was a big fan of that movie. Still am. Right. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know if you'd heard that or seen that, but it's not. I have it not. It doesn't seem cool. Yeah. Doesn't seem cool to me. Hmm. Uh, Sharon Ford. Sharon Ford Holmes is the hypothetical older brother of Sherlock and Mycroft. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, so there we go. And I. And that's what it said on his paper. Today. Yeah, but that's what it said on Mycroft's like notepad. Call Sharon Ford. Ah, so that's so why I thought, oh, they are bringing him in. But then they, the big reveal 30 seconds later was is that it's a sister. So. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. So what else did you watch, dude? Um, well, I, I did watch Elementary, which I know we kind of brush across each week. but I'm like nine episodes behind or something like that. This season, they've really been sticking with uh, Joan's charity case, you know, the guy that she had worked with before he went to jail or when he got out of jail back when she was a doctor, and now she's trying to help him out. And um, he He's trying to work for the FBI as a uh, snitch, basically. But Sherlock is like, this guy has no skills to be a snitch. He can't read people. He can't be duplicitous. So he offered to train him, and the guy's like, no, I don't want to be trained, and then, you know, found out that he had to be trained because, you know, he tried to uh, have a, not a sting, but basically he was trying to entrap a guy who wanted to sell a bunch of drugs and stuff, and he was able to, just from the little bits that he had learned from these guys, he was able to... uh pick out that the guy was lying and he found out later on through his connections that the uh, the guy didn't have the product that he wanted and was just going to take the half money up front and bail town. So now he's all for it. You know, train me to be duplicitous. It was, it was an interesting episode in that respect, but it was actually a really creepy episode for the main story, which was uh, – like right in the beginning, we see the guy. Do you know who I'm talking about? If I say uh, he was the head of the prison guards on Prison Break, Bellick. Yes, I know who you're talking okay. about. Good actor. Always seems to play a douche. And he's like dancing around his apartment. He's like, "Oh, I've got a date tonight." And his Asian wife or girlfriend or whatever is kind of like mixing something up in the kitchen. She's like, "Okay." And he's like, "Oh, I'm so excited." And he grabs his coat and he goes to leave and he goes, "Oh, wait, hold on a second. I almost forgot." And he comes back in and he pulls a chain down from the uh or a steel cable down from the ceiling and attaches it to a metal collar around her neck. And basically she is tethered to that spot in the kitchen. She can move like maybe 10 feet in either direction. And uh then he skips out and whistles a little tune and leaves her there. And uh, the episode is trying to find these women that he has kidnapped and keeps held hostage in houses. And it was really creepy. It was, it was definitely a silence of the lambs kind of thing. Cause he was one of those guys that they caught him early on, but they couldn't get anything to stick. And so he was a real scumbag about it. You know, he's like, Oh, I really hope you find who you're looking for. And, so it makes him a challenge then. Yes. Yes, it definitely was a challenge. And and this version of Sherlock was uh, kind of 
nervous about it. You know, he didn't think that he was going to be able to catch him in time. So it, oh. it was a good episode. I liked it. You know, I think I've I've come to the conclusion of the current Sherlock Holmes that we we get, which is Benedict Cumberpatch, uh, Johnny Lee Miller, and Robert uh, Downey Jr. That, in my order of preference, is is Benedict Cumberpatch first. Yep. And then I'd I'd have to say Robert Downey Jr. and then Johnny Lee Miller. Okay, I can see. I that. enjoy them all. Yep. But as far as my preference, Benedict Cumberpatch takes the cake, really. Yes. So, anyhow. What about you? What what'd you watch that you really like this week? Well, um, I'm going to jump around a little bit because a bunch of the shows we watched together. Um, I, I, I will just say real quick, I did watch um, Law & Order SVU. And once again, it was, a, it was a pretty formulatic episode for Law & Order. Nothing special. Nothing's wowing me. I'm, I'm starting to wonder, are they just going to try to get to 20 seasons to say they've done 20 seasons and call it a day on the show? <laughs> um, you know, it's genuinely, I mean, like, yep. you know, Mariska Hargitay, good for her. One of the few actresses other than a soap opera actress that has played a character for 18 years of a TV show. Wow. And, and virtually since she started doing that show, other than a few movie spots here and there, it's all she's ever done. Um, so, you know, good good for her for being able to do that. That's, that must be great to have regular work, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in all seriousness. But the show is just – it's gotten to the point where it's like the only way it's going to get better is if they bring Christopher Maloney back as Elliot Stabler for like say the final season. And then he can just go back to being gruff voice beating people up. <laughs> Because I miss that. that. That show really needs that because everyone's all lovey-dovey on the show right now. You have Olivia, who's the captain. So oh. the buck stops with her, and she's also the main character. So, you know, it's kind of odd because usually, you know, they're a subordinate, and then they have to be told, oh, they can't do this, they can't do that. And the only time that happens with her now is if, like, higher brass gets involved. Um, then you have, like, she's dating the guy from the IA investigator. I can't think of his name on the show, but anyways, but that's, that, that, that just ended. And then her subordinates are still iced tea, but he doesn't, and, but he doesn't do a whole lot. And then she really only has, like, two other subordinates, and they're essentially dating, but they, or they just have this super platonic friendship going on. And so, like, none of the characters are really that interesting anymore they haven't introduced any new detectives on the squad even though they're at an all-time low and the cases are, are okay but they're not like in this week's episode a nanny abducts the boy she's taking caring taking care of but she's taking better care of her than the mom so the nanny is the most likable character on the show for the guest stars and and yet she's the bad person hmm. and Okay, and the boy wants to be with her and takes care of her, and mom's a really bad mom, and and you can't feel any sympathy towards her because in the end the nanny goes to jail, and then the mom gets together with her ex, so that maybe they can try to work things together so they can keep custody of their child, and then Olivia breaks up with her boyfriend. So I mean, like that was the episode. So like the story, I mean, but you know what I mean, like. There wasn't a bad guy to hate and go, oh, he got his just desserts. Instead, it's like you feel bad for this woman who clearly loves this child and takes care of him better than his parents do. And yeah, it was just – yeah. see what I mean? No, I see that. It, yeah. And I'm not saying every episode has been that way, but every episode I've left the end of the episode feeling like, yeah, okay. 
Well, that's the thing is, for the most part, Law and Order as a whole has always been that way. Even when they got into like Criminal Intent or SVU, like there were a few running storylines, kinda. Like Stabler always had the rebellious teenage daughter and. You know, he always had anger issues. Yeah, and the twins and stuff. But it was never to the point of being like every episode we're going to follow up and continue on with that. Yeah. So they were just basically that. You know, they were a crime procedural. And at the end of the day, you felt either good or bad about having watched it. Maybe you were now more paranoid about the guy at the laundromat for, you know, whatever reason yeah. because you watched it. But, you know. <laughs> nope, but... I know it's like I still like watching the old original season episodes, like with Chris Noth. Like uh, he was as uh, he was like one of my favorite detectives on the show back in like the eighty nine, ninety, ninety one time frame. I like watching those episodes. I don't know if it's because everything is so old looking on the show, but like the storyline is still decent. Like it's not like that's one thing I, I will say is when the show first came on back then. The writing was ahead of its time when it came to subject matter and what the, how they dealt with it and everything compared to a lot of other shows of the same caliber back then. Yes. So I, uh, I still like watching those. But now Dick Wolf has got his Chicago series going on like crazy, and I don't no, watch any of those. Like there's a new one coming up. There's Chicago Law, I think it is, or whatever. But there's another one because you have you have the paramedics, the firefighter. No, you have the hospital, the police, and the firefighters. And now they're getting lawyers involved. So there's going to be four Chicago shows. I don't watch any of them, and I'm not going to start. Yeah, I don't think that I'm going to start on any of them either. Um. So, oh, you know what? You don't watch this show. I watched Sleepy Hollow. Oh. I, I gave it a try again, I, I, and and <sighs> most people yeah. do in abusive relationships. Continue. <laughs> uh, essentially, in this week's episode, there's three witches that, for 300 years, they've been guarding this witch rock, and they were there. They worked for George Washington, and they were basically they could tell when people were lying, and they would punish those that were lying. By removing their tongues and this and that, and then um, yeah, the two of the witches find out that the third witch has been lying to them for three hundred years, and basically they've been guarding nothing, and so they go ahead and kill her, and then they go out and they have fun, and you know because they've been stuck in this house for three hundred years, they don't know how things are going on now. So of course, when they go out, they immediately are at a bar having wine, and then kill two people because they lied to them because they're men trying to pick them up. So they kill them, and then Sherlock, uh, 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 not Sherlock, Ichabod, Ichabod and Company, Ichabod and Company, stop them. And I'm, I'm, you know, just don't watch the show, okay? Just don't watch it. Watch the first season if you really want to, and yeah. then stop. The the big tease at the end of this episode was like the the bad guy going like, "Do you, do you is our friend coming to deal with Ichabod and his friends? He's on his way now." And then it cuts to the headless horseman like charging down the road, going by a sign that says "Washington, two hundred miles." What? I thought he was done. Done. No, he's he's coming. He's really? coming for Ichabod because you know he's managed to go from Sleepy Hollow, New York, to two hundred miles outside Washington D.C. in broad flipping daylight. Riding a horse down the road in a Confederate, in a sorry, in a Revolutionary War uniform with no head, holding an axe over his head the whole time. 
over his body, I guess, the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah, and no one's reported that apparently or called that one in. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just, I got nothing for this show. This move to Washington, D.C. hasn't done anything to make it better. Uh huh. What about you? What's that one of your new shows you watched? Uh, one of the new shows that I watched was Taboo on FX. Oh, okay. I've seen some commercials for that. How is it? Oh, it's god awful. It's, uh, I, I thought it would be. It, none of the commercials explained what it was, which is always a bad sign. You know, tell us what your show's gonna be about. Don't make us guess with gritty, dark, twisted images. And it's an FX show, so you know that it automatically is going to be going down that path anyway. And it's just a, a complete mess. Uh, I actually got a uh, text from Mr. Mully uh, midway through the week that said, are you watching Taboo? And I said, no, not yet. And he said, I'm 40 minutes in, and I still don't know what the show's about. And so I took that challenge, and the first episode is an hour and 21 minutes. Yes, that's and a good sign. <laughs> I got up to an hour and 21 minutes and said, I still don't know what this show is about. The only thing that I could piece together was that Tom Hardy, everyone calls him a ghost because they all thought he was dead in Africa. And his dad's dead. And he's back. I don't know. Back, back I, again. I, there was like, there was like some part where a guy pulled him aside and said, we've been keeping an eye on that kid of your dad's. And if it wasn't for us, he'd be sucking cocks down at the uh, Hampshire. So we ain't got no money from it, and we ain't seen a, a farthing from you or him. So you pay up, or there's going to be hell to pay. And he said, oh, I'll get you a banker's note, and then walked away. And there was a woman who apparently owns a very, very bad whorehouse, and she was doing business out of the factory that his dad owned, and he, he had a key because, you know, it's his dad's factory, so of course he has a key, and he told her that she better get out. That That's about huh. it. Yeah, and, and then there are some pretty people who seem to be like his sister and her fiancé or husband, and they want the dad's wealth. Don't watch it. That that's my suggestion is don't watch this show. It yeah. seems to be garbage and just grit and grime and a dirty time of history and yeah, don't watch it. All right, I won't. I mean I was pretty sold on not watching it anyways because the two commercials I saw, the first commercial it starts out, I'm like, Oh, this looks kinda good, like dark, gritty the time frame it comes, you know, it takes place in, like, those, the visual factors I enjoyed. And then when they started, like, kind of explaining the story, or the commercial got done, I was like, okay, so visually it looks kind of cool storyline-wise. It seems like it's going to be garbage. And then the second commercial I saw really backed up that this doesn't look like it's going to be good. Like, if this was supposed to make people watch the show, they did a really bad job on this commercial. So <laughs> it, their commercial seemed very much like American Horror Story, but the difference is that American Horror Story has six seasons under its belt that it can get away with. So you can yes. put basically anything mm -hmm. up there like they did, yep. any kind of garbage on the screen, and then just put AHS at the end, and people are going to go, "Oh, I can't wait! It's American Horror Story." Yeah, they've established the they've, they've established themselves with yeah. goodwill with the fans. Yeah, and this one they don't. They have not established anything. Nobody knows yeah. who this is, so y you don't get to get away with that. Yeah. 
No, I, I yeah, I'm good. Well, I hope the other new show you watched was good, at least. It was. It Perfect. was. Um, go ahead. What have you seen? Uh, Shield. Shield. Yes, Shield back from hiatus. Back from hiatus. Uh, and, um, yeah, one of my favorite parts in the whole sh- show, this whole episode, was the whole team now knows that Ada was a robot. Yeah. They all know she was an android, and every single one of them, especially Matt or Mac or whatever, was just like, what do you mean? Don't you, haven't you ever seen an 80s movie about robots? They always take over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's great until she kills us all because that's what they always like. I love how, like, no matter what, like, uh, it was, you know, when Yo-Yo finds out, it was an android? Has he never seen a robot movie before? Yeah. Like, I just, I loved the constant references to the 80s movies where the robots attack the humans. Yeah. I loved it. It was hilarious because every single one of them made that joke. Yep. And then I'm just going to jump to the end when, uh, when Mac takes Ada's head off to deactivate her shutter now, whatever it is, and he just goes, roll credits. And then they, I mean, you know, you know, you know knuckle punch, and then they just, they bump fists, and then they just walk off. I yep. loved it. I thought it was awesome. It was. It was really good. Um, boy, that Senator Deere's a bitch, right? Uh, yes. Yes. And it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out because, you know, she kept her brother quote-unquote alive for so long in yep. that husk, you know, they could have just smashed the husk if she really wanted him dead, but yep. then he comes out and she's harboring him, and then the watchdogs come in and she's like, okay, you're going to keep him alive. Yeah, because, oh, I got to see if he got turned. Well, I mean, isn't it? I mean, I, I, it was weak sauce to me. I think the whole bit was just building up so that she could do what she did at the end, which she killed her brother. Yep. So she could get some street cred. Yep. Show that she's badass because she killed her own brother. That's how much she hates in humans. And the other part was that we got to see that, oh, even when he shot and dumped in the ocean, he goes back into his husk and he's going to regenerate. Yeah, that was interesting because we haven't seen any human do that before. Right. And I'm not sure if I'd classify him as a speedster or what it was, but he was moving like more like Neo in the Matrix. He had some good reaction time, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And it, it almost seemed like preternatural, so it wasn't like he was trying to fight them. It was almost like it was instinct taking over. And, again, it was like in the Matrix, so, you know, it was like he'd move his arm and you'd see ripples of his arm as it moved so fast, you know, and he's flipping and, and bending backwards and stuff and dodging bullets, except for the one that she put right up to his stomach. And Well, because... He didn't know that was going to happen. His his loving sister was looking him straight in the eyes and telling him how much she loved him and supported him and then gutted him with bullets. Has he never seen an 80s movie? Cause, I Apparently mean, not. Yeah. That seemed pretty obvious to me as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, of course, the bit one, the, another big reveal is that the doctor, the mad scientist, the bad guy that turned good, oh, guess what? He is He's a bad guy after all. Yeah, and it might not have been. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. It, it wasn't necessarily Ada going mad with power and trying to turn all that stuff uh, on. It was him. No, it was him. He was instructing her. And he's got a backup Ada android already at to go. At least one. Yes, at least one. And he is behind fake android May. Yes. Yep. Knows so that that's, she's there, knows that she's locked up, and... That's all his plan, his yeah. doing. Yeah. 
so we have our villain. We yep. we have the reveal that people know that Ada is a robot, so if they see the backup, they're going to know. Yep. And then did you notice that the opening credits was different this week, though? It wasn't the Ghost Rider-themed opening credits. It was more robotic opening credit. Yep, because it's no longer S.H.I.E.L.D. Ghost Rider. It's S.H.I.E.L.D. Yep. LMD. Yep. Life model decoy. Which yeah. I, I kind of like that because it reminds you of the comics, you know, like when they go into a miniseries event. It really does, doesn't it? Yep. I didn't even put make that uh, connection, but uh, yeah, it really is that way. I think we need to take a moment to recognize, I know we've done it before, but how Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. started off pretty cool. It was it was pretty good in the beginning. And then mm-hmm. as the first season dragged on, it started getting slow. We were like... What the hell? You know, people started losing faith in it and they weren't sure if it was going to keep going. Uh, then they twisted it at the end of the first season with Grant Ward and everything really flipped the entire genre. Mm, yeah. He went on a, he just, yeah, he showed us he was a bad guy and then all of a sudden didn't hold back and stayed a bad guy, which was great. Unexpected. Yep. Um, and then by the time season two came around, it really picked up steam. It's just kept getting better and better which is surprising for a show like that that seemed like it was going to struggle early on. Yep. Couldn't find its voice without the movies at first, but now it's its own thing and does great. Mm, yes. Love it. Oh, yeah. Me too. Um, speaking of Marvel TV real quick, I still haven't finished the second half of Luke Cage. I'll do it at some point. I will as well. But I saw that they've released production stills from the Defender series. So yeah. they're, they're filming and – you know, I think I, one of them I saw shows Luke Cage in prison garb. So I'm like, oh, he must go to prison at the end of the season or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There we go. Fair enough, I guess. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. We I'm excited S- for it. Signori Weaver in there is, uh, the yep. bad guy. And, yep. yeah, it's going to be good. I'm excited. Yep. Although I still, yes, I have to finish Luke Cage as well. And Iron Fist will be out soon ish. Yes. I'm actually looking more forward to Iron Fist and finishing Luke Cage, but I feel like I have to finish Luke Cage before I'm, I'm allowing myself to watch Iron Fist. Makes sense because, you know, it's continuity wise. You want to make sure that you're keeping up. Yep. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what else you got? Uh, Lethal Weapon. I watched Lethal Weapon this week. I mean, I, I didn't hate it. I enjoyed the show. Um, uh, you know, but I didn't. It didn't wow me or anything. Theo Huxtable, what a douche! <laughs> that was kind of cool to see Malcolm Jamal Warner on the show. I haven't seen him on a show since uh, Jeremiah. Oh, I you've know seen he's him done since some, then. What did I see him on? Community. Oh my goodness, that's right. He was on Community. I completely blanked that out. Yeah, he was Shirley's uh, uh, yes, strange her husband. husband. Yes, that's he right. Had that he that one was. scene where he's standing outside the uh, dorm in the rain, and <laughs> Jeff comes out and he's like, "Nice sweater." Yeah, my dad gave it to me. Yes, that's right. And all right. the Cosby that's fans right. out there laughed. Yeah, because Cosby right. wasn't a tragedy at that point. Right. Yeah. He he still was not the one we don't speak of. Right. But yeah, um, really villainous character as the chief of the uh, sheriff's department. Yes. It was a, it was an episode that you knew had to be there at some point, you know, bad cops, um, corruption in the department, one department versus another, the captain's got a secret and it could take him down. And, you know, it, it was, it was good stuff for the most part, but it was definitely formulaic, you know? Mm hmm. Massively, yeah. Yeah, the kind of thing you knew was coming. 
I haven't hated every episode. I just none of it's just like if we're going to talk about it in great detail and break it down, like I need to be passionate about it. I'm just not passionate about the show. I enjoy watching it. Um, it, get, it takes it gives my attention and everything. It's way better than I thought it would be. Yep, absolutely. Um, I'm still not going to watch MacGyver. I have watched an episode now, and I was like, nope, not doing it. Um, and did you see – and, you know, I didn't even like this movie, but did you see they're doing a movie, a TV version of the movie Training Day? Yes. Uh, I want to talk about that in a minute. Okay, fair enough. But I wanted to say – I agree with you on Lethal Weapon. MacGyver this week – I, I got to jump into this because you brought it up. Now – I don't hate MacGyver. I, I actually enjoy the show for what it is. Some of his stunts are very unbelievable. Like, yep. like they were always silly with Richard Dean Anderson back in the day. You know, people always have the jokes about, you know, oh, he can make a grenade out of a rubber band and some gum. Uh, but some of his are over the top. Some of them are good. Um, you know, this week he took a reflective heat blanket and chopped it up to make chaff for a helicopter because there was a homing missile coming after them. That's fine. I get that. That's great. But, see, they've had this thing since the season started where his girlfriend was a member of their team and she got killed in the first episode. But wait, she was still alive in the second episode and a double agent working for the enemy. And so now they've been trying to track her down all this time. Well, they finally tracked her down and she turned herself into them because she's really a triple agent. And she had info on somebody who was a double agent who was very bad and running the whole thing. And they had to figure out who it was. And the thing is, like, this is all still the first season. We just got back from hiatus, and in the episode we got back from hiatus, she, the, the girlfriend reappears, turns herself into them, and says, we've got to track down who this big, bad mystery person really is. And they do it by the end of the episode. Not only do they do it by the end of the episode, but it's the woman who's been running their organization. So it was kind of like a, a Scooby-Doo kind of moment. It was completely unexpected. It was completely weird because we had never gotten any kind of indication up until this point that this woman was bad, that she had any kind of motivation other than running this organization to the best of her ability. You know, the the only thing that ever happened was people would be like, you know, oh, we don't want to get on her bad side. But that was it. She was just a stern boss and damn good at what she did. She pulled their asses out of the fire many times. So all of a sudden, out of the blue, in one episode – She's the lead bad guy and running counterintelligence and blah, blah, blah. And they have her arrested and taken away in the end. You know, let's all go get Scooby snacks. This episode, we're introduced to the new boss and we're told halfway through the episode that, oh, the new boss, Jack's worked with her before and she's a real hard ass. And she's the reason that he quit the CIA and he never wants to work with her again. And she's a storm coming. And oh, my God, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be terrible. And then at the end of the episode, they finally get introduced to her, and she's a midget. And now, now, Mr. Mully and I watch this show, and we compare notes via text quite often. And both of us were trying to figure out if this is, like, them truly jumping the shark already, or if this is, like, a gimmick, or if it was meant to be funny, or what. But none of it is really making sense. I still enjoy parts of the show for what it is, 
But to go in two episodes and completely write off an actress, write her right out of the show with no provocation, no nothing. They didn't spend the whole rest of the season trying to track her down. They literally just like, oh, there's a big bad guy. Oh, guess what? It's her. Oh, guess what? We caught her. Oh, she's going away. There you go. She's off the show. And then the very next episode, they're like, oh, we've got a new boss. And here she is. And she's a midget lady. Like, it just, it screams gimmicky to me and to him as well. And I don't know why they're doing that. If you're trying to sell me to watch the show, you just failed. Mr. Oh, no, no, no. I, this was not a sales pitch. This was a WTF pitch. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't uh, – yeah, it's not floating well for me. I, I honestly – it blows my mind. Like I've had problems with shows like Frequency and stuff, and those are legitimate gripes. I can sit there and be like A plus B does not equal C. But this one is just it, – it's hard to wrap my brain around how they could – change it this rapidly and this seriously for no apparent reason. You know, perhaps what we had discussed that maybe the uh, actress who was playing their boss, maybe something happened and she needed out of her contract, or maybe she was causing trouble on the set and they wanted her gone. So they wrote her off the show. It could be something like that, or it could just be that the writers were like, Oh, you know, what would be great midget boss. I'd love to know what, they're thinking, but at the same time, it's not a show that I'm like super passionate about each week, so I don't want to put yeah. that much energy into it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, dude. I got nothing. It's it doesn't I mean based on what you were just saying, everything you were saying and everything, it just it, it pushes me even further away from wanting to even attempt to yeah. I loved the original MacGyver so much when I was a kid. My brother and I, like that we used to watch and I know we were watching it in reruns primarily, but like we would watch that basically every day after school, I feel like. It must have been on the USA network or something. And I just I loved the show. It was so good. Richard Dean Anderson was so awesome. It's the only reason why I started watching Stargate SG One because Richard <laughs> Dean Anderson was on it. Legit. And then I ended up really liking the show. Well, yeah. And then when he, and then when he left, I was kind of like, eh. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just you brought up MacGyver, and I was like, I got to say something. Oh, no, no. About this oh, absolutely. It was the perfect it's, timing. For it's it. crazy. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to something more fun. What do you got? Um, uh, <laughs> well, watch? it's like, all right. Okay. So like, all right. All right. I watched, like, I, like I watched the middle because I enjoy that show. But again, it's not, it's kind of more like I enjoy just throwing it on and I have a good laugh here and there because some of the stuff is funny, but it's just, yeah, whatever. I'm surprised it's still on TV, honestly. Yep. Um, Superstore. Yes. I thought there were some good bits this week, uh, you know, because they were doing the whole rebranding thing from from Halo products to SuperCloud, and so they were selling the Halo products off really cheap because, you know what, that's what stores do. That is exactly what, like, Walmart or Target or Kmart, not Kmart, I don't know, but, like, Walmart Hannaford. or Target do, or Hannaford even, yeah, all the time. Yep. So it's it's just comical to me and then um and like the, the epitome of it was the guy who was arguing about the toilet paper he's like where's the halo yes. toilet paper and he's like yeah. oh well we're super cloud now i've been ordered to tell you how good super cloud is and he's like yeah but i like halo yeah well this is the same stuff it's just a different branding package yeah but where's the halo i need the halo you know he just couldn't get it through his head yeah um but yeah i mean i i was it was a good episode i i liked uh 
I can't think of everybody's names off the top of my head. Okay. But okay. the Asian gay guy. <laughs> Mateo. Mateo, thank you. Mateo and then the district manager, how they're having their secret relationship. Yep. And then they assume that it's he's having one with um Sandra. Sandra, yeah, the girl everyone <laughs> hated from the last episode. That everyone so hates. Yeah, so she's talking about their lurid affair because she's getting attention finally. And Mateo's just sitting there seething because he's jealous of Sandra. Uh, that whole bit to me I thought was pretty funny. Um, uh, well, it was crap. I forgot now. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know, but just the whole bit of like them reducing everything to 80% off because it just didn't have the right packaging on it. It's just like, all right, I've seen that in real life. Yes. So. Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, so Superstore was okay, but again, it didn't it didn't blow me away this week, right? Um, the Good Place was good this week. Yes, yeah, that, um, that show surprises me how good it yeah, is. Yeah, because I know you're not a Kristen Bell fan. Oh, I am no, that's actually. Not, no, I'm that's not you. Sorry, that's rude. Sorry, rude's not. But um, like, I like how she's trying. She throws the party. She's trying to like basically get her Fitbit of good points to go up and and it's not working and then she realizes oh I'm being selfish because I'm doing this for my own personal goal and you know personally you know means or whatever so she decides that she's gonna you know willingly leave on her own and all of a sudden boom she's got enough points (laughs) and um I don't know so there's a there's a life lesson there for you and And then there's a neutral place Yes, that was hilarious. There's a medium place. <laughs> That's where I've seen I belong from the beginning. <laughs> and so Janet, I love Janet's argument of it. Is it defective to go completely against my programming? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I like the Janet character so much. Oh, yeah. Absolutely hilarious. And then um, so I like that Jason and Janet are going to run away to Minnie's house. Who lives in the in the neutral zone or the medium place? Yep. So Eleanor's going to go with them, and so they steal the judge's plane uh, train. And uh, yeah, I can just hack into the server. Ha ha ha! I am the server. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the the Sean the judge comes off. I believe that's her stealing my train right now. <laughs> this really hurts my argument. <laughs> and again, on Hulu they had an extended episode, so I don't know what we got that they didn't get. Uh, what I got that they that the weekly episode didn't have. Oh, nice. Because it's an extended episode, but it's only like twenty three and a half minutes long, so it's only like three minutes longer. Right. But still, you know what, what can I mean? happen but, in three minutes? You know, a lot can happen in three minutes, but I don't know what I got. But so I, or I'd point it out. But yeah, it's just it's a fun show. Yes, it's a I fun really show, it. and it has good moral lessons in it. And Ted Danson's really good in it. Yeah, he is. I have determined I must be a Ted Danson fan because, like, I liked him on Cheers when he came on uh, CSI. I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about, it, but I ended up really liking his character, and now he's great in this. Yeah. He's a good guy, it seems. Hey, yeah, come and on. Three men and a baby. Three men and a little lady. That's true. Yeah. So, what did you watch this week? What else? Uh, this is Us. Oh, I watched that as well. It was a good episode this week, but that that's what I say after every week when I watch it. <laughs> it. It was nice because in this one, they didn't waste a lot of time. I, I like that shows are getting in this direction. You know, they didn't keep us guessing the whole time as to what happened to Toby. They're just like, oh, yeah, here he is. He's fine. You know, but yeah. he needs surgery. 
Yeah, he didn't have a heart attack. He had an arrhythmia, but he has a heart defect and he needs to have surgery. Yep. And then as he's getting ready for the surgery, because basically Kate's like, you're a loser if you won't do this surgery and you won't save your own life and walks out. Yeah. Of him. So then he decides to do it and she catches him while he's doped up and nervous. And yeah. he admits he loves her and she doesn't say it back. I thought he said that he loved her back when he showed up at Christmas before he had the heart attack. Uh, no, he did not. He said that he couldn't it, live without it her. It was, it was tremendously implied that. Yes. Oh, yes. Because he did fly across the country. Oh, yeah. But you know how it is with Hollywood. Oh, I know. Those three words have so much meaning. But she didn't say it back. Yeah. And then she was worried about it. And then Toby got to be awesome Toby that he is and had been awake for an hour as she's sitting there spilling her guts and having this emotional moment thinking he's asleep. I know. That was awesome. (laughs) But he's just like, oh, that's it. You couldn't do any better. She's like, what? How long have you been awake? He's like, well, like an hour. Um, Moving on to other characters, Kevin. What a dipshit. Right? Yeah. Like, so uh, I'm just going to call her douche actress returns. (laughs) Olivia. (laughs) Yeah, the same thing, really. Yep, yep. And uh, she returns with god awful um, blonde hair. Not only was it like gross blonde, but it was like yeah. this weird pixie-ish cut. Anyway. Well, anyway, so like, anyway, so she shows up. So she wants to be back in a relationship with Kevin. She wants to take over her part in the production. And like, you know, the director's like, "Oh, thank God you're back. We were doing nothing without you." After he just paid them compliments that he thought, "Wow, that's way better than I thought it was going to be. I think the show's going to be great after all." Yep. Is and then you know, Kevin sits her down and says, "You know, like, uh, you you can't be on the show. Uh, you know, we're doing really good without you, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm and we're not going to be in a, a relationship either because you know, uh, sometimes you just gotta you gotta do the right thing even if it's not the thing you want." Yeah. Like, yeah. What? Yeah. Like, yeah. Not yeah. only was that a douchey thing to say, but yeah. it was a douchey thing for uh, Sloan to overhear. Oh, and yeah. And yeah. it reminds you that he's still that vapid because he had been having that art, uh, the discussion with Randall where he was like, you know, Sloan's like really hot, like in a librarian hot kind of thing. But like Olivia, yeah. she's like artist and wild. He's not looking at the fact that, you know, one has left him and cheated on him. And yep. the other one is very genuine and funny and intelligent and is kind of perfect. Yeah. And he cuts that promo on Olivia back at the cabin. Back yeah. At the, yeah. About the, at the cabin or whatever, about how, um, you know, she's an empty shell of a person. Yep. And so obviously he realizes who she really is, and then she shows back up. But she's like, "Oh, I went to Iowa, and I did theater in Iowa, and I got my feet back under me, and I got a new haircut to go with my new look, and on and on and on." And so he he says, "You can't be in the play, and I'm not going to date you." So she's like, "I'm going to go have sex with a stranger." Like and storms off. Her words. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so it's just like, come on, doesn't that? Sh-? And yeah, I did like how Sloan threw. His words back in sorry her word his words back in his face yeah you know um, but we'll see we'll yeah. see where that goes uh, I guess it, I just I wanted to bitch slap him because honestly he's supposedly growing he's supposedly getting away from the shallow Kevin the you know douchey Kevin of L A yeah. and getting his feet back under him and grounding a bit and then he pulls something like this where he's like but she's hot. 
and, yeah. and, and we have wild sex. <sighs> you idiot. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Ugh. Um. So we see how Jack and Rebecca discover they're having triplets. Yeah, uh, tragically. How, <laughs> tragically having triplets. How their six-story walk-up was cool, and then they found out she was having three kids. And so I love the Gerald McCraney cameo in it as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which was like, glad they're not my patients. <laughs> um, yeah, we discover that Rebecca's mother is a massive, just cravy, Cravy, crazy bitch. Yes. Basically. Um, I told you he was no good. Yep. I mean, on and on and on. Ordering for her daughter for lunch and telling her, oh, you don't need to worry about the smoke or the drinking. Just deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then when she says, I want a Coke, give me a salad and a Coke, a diet Coke. Yeah. I'm like, really? Really? So obviously, you know, the reason why she gets all over Kate about her ways because her mother always got on her about hers. Yep. So it's ingrained in her. Um, we also discovered that Jack's dad was a, a probable wife beater. No, no, not probable. Was definitely well, wasn't. Ab- she even says we know your dad was an abusive alcoholic. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they did that NBC thing where they don't actually show him hitting her, but you, they show you like in, the moments yeah. after, and it's kind of implied. And, yeah, and he has to basically tuck his tail between his legs and go out there. I thought that was cool though that he didn't tell him that he was married. He hid the ring. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. When he got out of the car, I didn't catch that he took his wedding ring off. Like, I didn't see that part. I thought he was like, I thought he was separating the car key from the rest of his keys because he was going to go sell the car to his buddy, which he did eventually end up doing. Right. But I thought that's what he was doing. I didn't notice he was taking his ring off until after he went outside and put it back on. Because he basically needed the money, but he needed his dad to not be in his life and to believe, you know, if he had said, I got a girl pregnant and she's going to have triplets, his dad probably would have been like, fuck you, get it, you know, deal with it yourself. And, yeah, exactly. You know, cause but I don't like kids. Like, it's almost like he knew his dad, like, not even, this is, and this is really a sad reality or, or a realization, if you will, for Jack, but he knew the only way that his dad would give him his money if his dad thought he was a worthless piece of shit, basically. Yeah, that's exactly that, what it was. And, yeah, and so that's what he led him to believe. Yeah, I have gambling debts I have to pay off. So his dad, you know, cuts him the check, which. Yep. And he said, you know, you were right. I'm a loser. I'll never be any good. Can you give me the money? And his dad's like, yep. Yeah, that was surprising. It uh, was, but. It was right in vain with the show. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. Randall was having trouble with his bio dad because his bio dad is spending more time with his bio boyfriend. His bio dad is bi. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. His dad doesn't want him to have to deal with the uh, end, of li- end, end, end of life stages of things. Yeah. And Basically, Randall's on the... You know, you're our family. You belong here with us. We'll take care of you. Yep. He knows that it, the end is coming. He says that he can feel that the chemo drugs aren't working anymore and mm-hmm. the cancer is coming faster and faster. Which is sad. Yeah, it is. Seems like a good character. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good episode. Yep. I, it's so weird. I know we say this every week or every week we talk about it. I don't like shows like this, generally speaking. I'm not a straight <laughs> drama guy. There's got to be something else with it, rather it be superhero-related or action-related or police-related or whatever. But this is just a straight-up drama show, and I enjoy it. Yep. Same here. Thoroughly. 
Let's see. What else did I watch this week? Oh, Kate and I did manage to get a movie in, even though we didn't get a chance to go see La La Land. We did see um, Aloha. Oh, so you were just on an Emma Stone kick. Apparently, yes. Uh, Aloha, for those that don't know, it stars uh, (laughs) Bradley Cooper, Emma Stone, John Krasinski. Is that how you pronounce his name? Okay. Uh, Rachel McAdams. And then others. Danny McBride's in it. Alec Baldwin's got a bit part. Uh, and, and, and basically it's, I don't know, it's, I enjoyed the movie. If I never watch it again, I'm cool with that. Like I don't have the <laughs> urge to want to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, but basically it takes place in Hawaii and involves the Air Force and private contractors. And essentially Bill Murray's character is this eccentric billionaire who wants to launch a satellite into outer space. And it's supposed to be a satellite to do X, Y, Z. But in reality, it's basically got nuclear armament on it. And I don't know. That's kind of the backstory of it all. The primary story is Bradley Cooper is there. He used to date Rachel McAdams. And Emma Stone is his... Uh, liaison babysitter slash babysitter who is very an intense uh, Air Force officer captain and of course there's a loving relationship involved and um, yeah it was a decent movie and it's definitely worth checking out worth watching with your wife or girlfriend or whatever oh so you're saying that because I'm single it's not worth watching you can watch it with your mom or your sister I don't know you can do whatever you want watch it by yourself (laughs) not excluding you Sounded but, like an um, exclusive club. Yeah, well, maybe it was, John. No. Uh, I remember when it first came out, when that movie came out, there was a lot of controversy because of Emma Stone. Uh, basically, the part was uh, written for a Hawaiian woman. It was supposed to be a Hawaiian native, and they picked yes. the red-headed yes, white was. girl. Yes, and she had said multiple times throughout the movie, I'm a quarter Hawaiian, I'm a quarter Hawaiian, I'm a quarter Hawaiian. You know, there was actually one thing – or and, and – and, Maybe I had heard about this at some point in my life, maybe high school or something, and I don't remember. But I feel like I learned something new when I watched it, which is that in the movie, at one point, Bradley Cooper goes and talks to a community of Native Hawaiians. Mm -hmm. And the guy's wearing a T-shirt, the king. He's wearing a T-shirt, and on the front it says... Hawaiian by birth, and on the back it says American by force. And so it just led to the fact there's actually a whole faction of Hawaiians that are, even though they've been a, a state in the United States since 1949, I believe it is, they are still against being part of the United States, that they want to be their own business, if you will. I believe that, and I think you'll also find that there are people in Alaska the same way. Yes, yes. The Alaskan ones I did know, but it's – yeah. They have a larger – at least they have more land. Yeah. Uh, When you – sometimes when you go to fill out surveys or, you know, you're filling out applications or whatever and they ask you for your race, they'll list like uh, Alaskan Native slash Pacific Islander. Yeah. I think that's – yeah. So – but anyhow – that that part I found interesting, which will I'll probably end up researching that so I can learn more about it because I did find that was interesting because it's something I don't recall ever being told or heard about. But the movie was good. There's this really hilarious scene because John Krasinski's character is Rachel McAdams' husband and 
Rachel McAdams and Bradley Cooper dated apparently once upon a time, and then they broke up for whatever reason, and John Krasinski's character kind of swooped in there, and then they started dating, and and there was no hatred between anyone about it. I mean, Bradley Cooper's character and John Krasinski's, they knew each other before, on and on and on. But Krasinski's character, his biggest thing is he doesn't talk. Like, he's a man of very few words. He doesn't say a lot. He's not good with words. He doesn't express himself well. And so there's this whole, and, and that's one of Rachel McAdams' biggest hang-ups. She does, he doesn't talk and she's getting sick of it. So there's this scene where he comes into the kitchen at one point and he walks over and he's just looking at Bradley Cooper and he puts his hand on his shoulder and he just kind of sighs and turns his head and then he grabs his beer and he walks out. And she's like, see what I mean? He didn't say anything. And Bradley Cooper's like, what are you talking about? He just said tremendous amount. And he like tells us what he just quote unquote said. <laughs> and it was done in a comical way where like um, maybe that's what he meant. Maybe not. Who knows? But they did a funny riff on it. Well, at the end of the flick, there's a scene where uh, Bradley Cooper's standing in the kitchen and Krasinski's character walks in. And he's looking at him. And there's been some tension between Rachel McAdams and Krasinski. And he's standing and he walks in and puts his hand on him. And then text pops up on the screen and it just says like, I know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then, and then they talk back and forth without words. There's just like, I like facial expressions and hand gestures, but not even exaggerated, just subtle. And it's hilarious. And there's this one like, did you sleep with my wife? And he's just, and then it just goes like, no, of course not. I slept with, it says NG. So I don't know if that was supposed to be, um, Emma Stone's character and they messed up or something because her name was not NG in the movie. And so he gives her a big, he gives him a big hug and everything. And this, it's just hilarious. So there's this whole like one minute long scene, maybe 90 second scene where, you know, they talk without saying anything and it's just words. It was, it was hilarious. Quite hilarious. But yeah, so I don't know, check it out. It's on, uh, it's on stars. If you have the stars app and you know, or you can find it online through on demand anywhere, probably, but. I lose you. Did you catch up on the blacklist? I was just waiting for you to. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, I haven't. I have. I'm. I haven't watched either episode. If you oh. want to talk about them, feel free. Well, last week you, last week the way you talked about it, it, it didn't put any urgency for me to watch it because I see I did watch something this week. I got sucked into Fargo season one. Like I threw the first episode on because. I was at, I just I was at work. I didn't have anything else to watch. I was all caught up at that point, except for the blacklist, which I watch at home. And I threw that on, and I got sucked in hard, and ended up watching all ten episodes. Damn, it's a great show. Like I wish they had season two on there. I'd rewatch that one, but I haven't rewatched season one since the first time it was on originally on FX. And like it's it's okay. So season two, okay, season one takes place in two thousand six. And in that, they reference Fargo the movie from 96, which right. took place long before, which took place around then, I think. But they reference the movie, which took place in the 80s, actually. And um, there's a scene in the movies where uh, Steve Buscemi's character buries a case of money in the snow by a fence. And then by the end of the movie, no one's discovered it's still there. It's not mentioned. Maybe no one knows it's there. They don't know the money exists, et cetera, et cetera. Well, in episode – around episode six or seven of Fargo the series, they explain what happened to that money. 
you know, this guy broke down and he found it, et cetera, et cetera, and, and started this grocery store empire that his son is now reigning over. Um, so that was kind of cool. And there's a couple of times in the show where they talk about Sioux Falls. Oh, you mean what happened in Sioux Falls? Oh, God. But they don't go into detail about it. But Sioux Falls ended up being season two. So having watched season two previously, now watching season one again, those couple little things like that are kind of funny when you look back at it. But anyhow, it's just a really good show. Like Colin Hanks is great. And uh, the girl who plays lead, I can't think of her name. She's awesome. And Billy Bob Thornton's character is great. I mean, it's just, it's a good show. It's a really good show. Martin Freeman's great in it. David Carradine, not David Carradine, the other Carradine brother. No, that is David Carradine because, no, wait. What's Carradine killed himself, David? Uh, Keith, I thought. Okay, so David Carradine then. The Carradine that's alive, that's not Robert. He's in it. He's good in it. So, I don't know. It's just a really good show. So, that's why I haven't watched Blacklist. But go ahead and talk about Blacklist. That was the longest ramble to get back around to this is why I didn't watch Blacklist that I think I've ever heard. Well, you didn't sell me big. Like, I wasn't sold big on on the last week's episode. Like, you basically, like, it was meh. So, I was like, all right. And then I got sucked into Fargo. So, I was like, I'll catch up some other time. But was this week's even, was this week's better? Oh, yes. Yeah, this week got right back to form. Um, this one, uh, Red actually collected two new cleaners. So he's really moving forward from his cleaner, still assuming that she's dead, even though she is not. Yeah. We all know she's not. He does not know. We still haven't seen her since the show's come back from hiatus, but he uh, collected two new cleaners in a rather unique way. I really enjoyed it, uh, and I hope that they stay on as regulars because they're, they they kind of got a cool story to them. Cool. Uh, but it was, it was a good episode, but at the same time, I had big problems with the technology aspect of it. Um it was, it, the story is that, you know, Liz steps out of her door and there's a little diorama there with a, a swimming pool and a woman floating face down made out of clay. It looks like something a kid would do. And it says, please help her. And Liz brings it into the office and it turns out that, you know, yeah, there was this woman who was a judge and she went for a swim in this pool like she does every morning and she died. And the, the, then another diorama appears on Liz's doorstep and they find out that, you know, this woman dropped it off and the woman dropped it off because her daughter is psychic. And, you know, she has, when she was born, she had all these health issues and she's like partly deaf and, and this and that. And she doesn't communicate well, but she'll go and do these projects. And the girl over the years has like drawn pictures and made dioramas of massive catastrophes like trains hitting buses and stuff halfway around the world that she couldn't have known about, but she does it before they happen. So the woman's like, she's psychic. And then they explain, oh no, what it is is her hearing aid is tuned to the RF frequency that seems to be matching these um, cell phones that people are using. So she's hearing about plots to kill people or plots to, uh, you know, like derail trains and stuff ahead of time through her hearing aid. And that's all fine and good. But some of the stuff like in the, in the end, like the last one where they're racing against the clock to stop this guy from dying, the girl's like putting together a diorama and the bad guys walking in the front door of, 
the building and he shoots the security guard dead. There's no way, like, he never said over the phone, I'm going to shoot the security guard in the chest as soon as I walk in. But yet the girl knows that that's what he just did. And so she sculpts the clay and lays the doll down like, you know, oh, he just shot this guy in the chest. It was far too unbelievable. They really stretched the bounds of this, trying to make How? it look like she knew everything. How did she know to get him to Liz? Uh, because her mother saw these things and she had seen Liz recently with the whole um, FBI thing and knew that she was supposedly a good woman and knew that she lived in the neighborhood. And so she wanted her to try to help them out. Okay. All right. Yeah. Anyways, continue. No, that's about it. It just like the red story. Red was completely separate from all this and he was doing his own thing in true Reddington fashion, like very manipulative, very uh, easygoing, but still doing bad things. It, that was really fun. This part was not fun because it really sucked me right out of it thinking that this girl somehow overheard a cell phone conversation saying, we've got to kill this judge. And suddenly she knows all the details of what it's going to look like to the point where like the, the judge's thing where she was floating face down in the pool, the diorama even included a little cup of green liquid and the woman walked in drinking a green smoothie and set it down. It was just, it was too much. If they, that said, seems more like X Files than it does Blacklist. Yes. yes it really, yeah, but that the seems more like an X Files type thing. And the X Files would have done a better job of explaining it. Like they might have said that this girl for some reason could see radio waves or something and, you know, could yeah. pick up on security cameras. But this was just, it was badly done, I thought. But still a good episode. The, the red stuff was very good. Yeah. So what was the new of the other new show that you watched this week that you liked? <sighs> I feel silly for saying it honestly, but it was a series of unfortunate events on Netflix. You know, that looks really good and I actually want to see that and my buddy cousin-in-law Johnny watched it and he told me tonight that you know Patrick Harris was pretty brilliant in it. So I never watched the movie with Jim Carrey. And I never read the books, but I had seen like previews and stuff. So I kind of had an inkling. It feels to me like a guilty pleasure. I loved the show. I just, I really, really loved it, but I feel like I shouldn't have because it's kind of ridiculous and childish. And I know that they were books written for, you know, teens and preteens. Yeah. So they have that ridiculous aspect to them. But it just, it really hit a note with me that I loved. Um, Lemony Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events is a book series, and this seems to follow it that way. Like, the first two episodes are called A Bad Beginning Part 1 and A Bad Beginning Part 2. I've only seen those two. The next episode is called The Lizard Room Part 1. So I'm assuming they're going to follow that fashion, and they're going to do two-parters for each book, I guess. Um but it, the series follows the Baudelaire children, and Lemony Snicket is actually the narrator of the story, played by Patrick Warburton, who All right. I love Patrick Warburton. And he he doesn't just narrate as a voiceover. Like, he'll appear on the screen, and he'll be standing there. And it, Of course, it's Patrick Warburton, so he's already got the deadpan, droll 
thing, and he talks about how he's been investigating this series of unfortunate events for years now, trying to figure out exactly what could have been done to help these children from the tragic lives that they're living. Please know that this is a terrible story right from the get-go. Nothing good happens to these children. There is no happy ending. There's never a happy ending. Please understand that, you know, it just, it's over-the-top ridiculous. Uh, they have essentially vocabulary lessons where they'll be like, you know, you are going to meet a tragic fate. And by that, I mean very bad. Yes, we know what tragic means. Oh, okay. Well, I was just checking. They, they do that over and over again, uh, where they'll use a big word and then explain what it means. But in a good way, it's not like a, a Sesame Street kind of thing. It's just, it's the way that the author writes. I, it's hard to describe. Because I really liked it, but if I was to say it's a children's story and it has, like, at one point she makes a grappling hook with a bed sheet that she straps to her back and uses a pasta maker and a uh, electric egg beater to propel herself 30 feet up in the air using it, you'd say, yeah, but that see- sounds ridiculous. <laughs> Right, but because of the premise of the show and the format and the style and everything, it makes sense. It's logical. Uh, my sister said it's suppo- that the books are supposed to be like a juvenile version of the Adams family, and I think that that actually nails it pretty well. It's dark and twisted like that, but also over the top. Like if you ever watch the Adams family show or especially the Adams family movies, um, yes, it's along it's- that same kind of vein. Yes, it absolutely is. Now that you say that, it's, which is funny because. Uh, Adam's family's like on, on, uh, Antenna TV and the other day when the kids are here, it was on and Kanan was digging it. So we ended up watching a couple episodes. Yeah. The movies were great. I loved them. <laughs> yes. And we've seen the movies before in the past. I love what Raul Julia is calling into Sally Jesse Raphael all the time. <laughs> Hello, Sally. Mr. Adams, we have no idea. No. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. No, no. The movie with, with Jim Carrey was, was, Basically, exactly how you're describing the show, as far as like the style, the feel, the format. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I only watched the movie the one time, obviously years ago when it came out, and I, I, I didn't hate it by any means. But I haven't watched it again. They, uh, a, a lot of the jokes and stuff. Some things, like it is a tragic story. Like you really do feel for these kids, but well, not the to main the point character where, wants them dead, doesn't he? Like isn't yes. that the whole premise? It's trying to kill them. It starts off with them like doing an experiment down on the beach because their parents told them to go to the beach by themselves, and they're not sure why their parents told them to go to the beach by themselves. But they're going to go down there, and they do an experiment that involves skipping rocks. And then a guy from the bank shows up and tells them that there was a terrible fire and that their parents are dead. And that they need to go live with, according to the will, they need to go live with their closest living relative. And by this definition, closest means the one who lives the nearest close by. So that would be Count Olaf. And Count Olaf literally wants them dead so that he can take their money. But he can't touch their money because the money is being held until Violet, the oldest, is uh, of age. She's 14, her brother is 12, and the baby is 1. Yeah. The baby, there was a by lot the way, of, get, gets her own was subtitles. Say there was a lot of far-fetchedness going on in the movie with the baby, so yes. I imagine there is in the show. She has four razor-sharp teeth that can grind down a rock to a smooth surface. There you go. Yep. But they'll do little jokes like, uh, you know, Count Olaf will say, I always liked raspberries when I was your age, and the boy's like, we're all different ages. It's 
subtle. It makes you that's chuckle a little bit, but at the same really time, funny. yeah, at the same time, you're like, this is ridiculous. I mean, yes, it's true, but holy God, I felt guilty for liking it, but at the same time, I really, really liked it. So yeah, I, no, that's it, awesome. That, I give it a hard I, I want to watch it. So yeah, I want to watch it. So yeah, cool. Yeah. Hey, you haven't had a chance to take in Blair Witch, have you yet? I have not. So I'm just curious because uh, Martin and Aaron and Ronnie, but mostly Martin and Aaron, kind of didn't give me grief, but they were just like, I am so surprised to hear what you said about Blair Witch. Like they, too, were probably thinking this is going to be stupid garbage. Mm -hmm. And they haven't watched it yet either, but they've all made a point to say, oh, we're going to watch it, we're going to watch it. So I really want someone else to watch it. (laughs) They can give me their opinion on it. So because I I don't – was it just – You got Johnny's opinion? Yeah, but was it see, okay, what made it fun watching it was kind of watching with him because of how he was reacting to it. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, all right, the first time I watched um what movie did I watch by myself and then you and I watched it together and I found it completely different when you and I watched it together. The one with uh, Adam Sandler and company. Oh, Grown Ups? Grown Ups, yeah. I watched it by myself. Didn't even watch the whole thing. Couldn't get through it. Thought it was stupid. Stupid and dumb, and then you're like, "Well, no, it's really funny." And then we watched it together one night, and I was in laughing the whole time. <laughs> and I was like, "I don't know why it didn't didn't ring well with me the first time, but I'm glad you know we're, we watched it again." So I don't know if that's the same case when it comes to Blair Witch. If it was just the environment with which I watched it in made it that much more enjoyable. I got gotcha. you. That makes sense. You know, so that's um. So I'm just curious. Cause I know they hadn't watched it yet, but anywho, did you watch Grim. Yes, and so, I had I had one note on that, and that was Mike's going to hate the fact that Grimm has become the one type of show that he hates, which is a political drama. Oh my god! I know, <laughs> right? It's not as bad as Designated Survivor by any means. <laughs> by any means, but um, has he fought a Vessen in the past two episodes? No, nope, he hasn't. No, no, he hasn't. It's and if we have thirteen episodes of this. <laughs> Swear to God, you know, like, uh, well, just I, last week we were like, yay, she's not Juliet. And then this week it's like, I have two people inside me. No. Ooh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I definitely don't want that. Um, I didn't hate it, but it's just not as good as it is. It's not as good as it has been. You know, they usually, they, they leave, they come back. The show has you know, it's been a strong show. It's been a good show, and it's been consistently a good show. And the way this season's starting out, it's ugh, it's the last season, and it's the weakest season. Oh, it is some weak sauce. You know, it really is massive weak sauce. And that's frustrating because this is the last season we're going to get. <sighs> it, it was. Much- I just, as I'm watching it, I kept saying over and over again, this is a political drama. This is all it is. It's lawyers and lawsuits and, you yeah. know, even the magic Making- that they use, the trust me not was. Yeah, backdoor deals and then people turning on <laughs> each other and reneging on the deal. Oh, she never actually testified. Yep. Oh, expect your resignations in the morning. No. And it's. Here's the thing. She never actually testified. So doesn't that mean Nick didn't hold up his end of the bargain? Shouldn't he be dead? See, that's what I thought they were going to do. Yeah. But they didn't. They They're didn't like, do oh, that. Oh, the whole thing's thrown out. No, it's not. Yeah. He literally, she said, Nick, you agree that I'm going to testify. Yeah. She didn't testify. She did. Yeah. He did. 
Yeah, and then he played us the whole time. He knew what was going on, and he played us. Yeah. Oh, and the one thing that this show does not need any more of, and yet they crammed down our throats, was Diana. Yeah, well, you know what? And I and I guess in, in her quote-unquote defense, she wasn't as bad this episode as she'd been in previous episodes. The, the dancing spice jars? Yeah, okay, again, not as bad as she had been, though, <laughs> where she's killing people willy-nilly. Right. You know? Warping into the loft. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, she actually proved helpful as far as she was able to read the, uh, the, the shroud there, the cloth yep. and see the design that's on it and everything. And we have a new mystery to dig into. And, and I'm glad somebody I, thought of what I kept yelling, which was just give her a pen and paper and say, write it down. I know. Right. And then when Renard was walking out of the courthouse at the end and they had that big, long drawn thing away and he's putting his glasses on, I'm just sitting there. I'm going, oh, my God, he's going to get assassinated (laughs) up and blast him away. He's going to die on the steps of the courthouse and then he's going to become a martyr. And oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is going to suck because. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what it looked like. Because that's what it looked like. And instead, he's like, some mysterious woman answers the phone. And he's like, I want Nick Burkhart and his friends. I want Nick Bur- Nick Burkhart now. I don't know. And it she's wasn't. like, okay. Like, why didn't he in- use her before? Why wasn't it? Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, there's, yeah, there's some massive weak sauce on that show right now. And, and they need to turn it around. Yeah, they got they got to do something. They got to do something. You know what they're going to do. They're going to bring Juliet back. As Juliet, I know. Because I saw the previews for the next episode. Oh, I didn't. he's breathing in the gas from the hat so that they can turn him into Renard. You know that magic hat trick that they do that turns one person into another one? Yeah, now he's going to be Renard. (laughs) We're never going to see another Vesson fight, ever. We're going to see more of him struggling to... Overcome the wrath of the stick. <laughs> it was so good. This show was so good. Even last season was good. Yep. Man. Yep. I'm not impressed either. I'm really not. I, I may be laughing, but it's more out of I awkward laugh. This. I don't know what else to do. Yep. You got it. Did you, uh, did you watch Emerald City afterwards? You know, I didn't actually. I, I and the reason why I almost because I watched because they're on Friday nights and yep. I, this is my weekend off. So I watched uh, I watched Grimm last night after I watched wrestling, and then I end up watching a movie which I just meant to throw on for a few minutes while I cleaned up, and then I got sucked right in. Uh, I, Tombstone. I, I haven't watched that in forever. Um. But anyway, so I didn't watch it, and I thought, I'll just let you tell me if I should watch it or not. Well, that's the thing is you and I never agreed on it. You know, you didn't like it. I did like it. Oh, I know. I know. But I was going to just see what you had to say about it and then just decide that way if I'm going to watch it or not. Uh, I really still like this show. Uh, I definitely feel they they were doing parallel stories. So they had Dorothy and what was going on with her, and then they had that tip girl and – her little buddy Jake or whatever. Jack, I thought it was. Yeah, Jack. 
And they made their way to a city and found an apothecary and gave him the empty bottle and said, you know, I need this medicine. And he's like, well, I'll try to figure it out. And he came back later and he's like, I can't do this. He's like, this is dark magic. This is twisted. And he's like, this is meant to hide who you really are. And basically told her, you know, you're a girl. You're supposed to be a girl. That's who you really are. And yeah, but who as a girl is she supposed to be? Yeah. Well, that's the thing is then later she like ran out into the city and was up on a high building for some reason and was like, no, I don't want to be this person. And Jack's like, it's okay. We're going to be fine. And she's like, no, I don't want to. And she shoved him and he fell off the roof and died. Like he hit the ground and splattered and he's dead. Like, did we see him get buried, or is this going to be a thing where she brings him back to life next week? Oh, she could bring him back. I don't know. But she was just staring down at him, and she wasn't crying, and she didn't seem that upset. She was just, like, staring at him. And there was a pool of blood all around underneath him, because it was snowing. So, you know, she uh, saw that. And That's a really good visual. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I still don't know why we care about her. Who is she? Why do we care about her? Why is she so integral to the plot? Uh, meanwhile, Dorothy went over to the Wicked Witch of the East's castle and met the Guardian there and said, Look, I got her gloves. I'm the uh, new Wicked Witch. And he's like, Okay. So Wait, That's in. how it works? You just become the new one? Yeah. Well, think about when Dorothy got the ruby slippers in the movie, you know? Well, yeah, that was her treasure for killing the witch. Yeah. And I let people know, but that didn't make her the new witch. Maybe oh. that's what happened in the movie. Maybe. I mean, in the books. Maybe. Because, uh, like, I'm, I'm really curious how much of the books we're going to see in this. Right. But nobody knows because no one's read the books except <laughs> maybe Jew. Um, but, yeah, she tried to calm the tornado because basically the Witch of the East was the keeper of the elements, keeper of the uh, weather. And so there was a cyclone still going in the sky. And she tried to calm that and failed, and it tore the castle apart and made it snow, which caused the prophecy to come true of that one dressed-in-blue girl that was working for the wizard. It's still a good show. I still really enjoy it. Um, I'm interested to see what's going to happen next. But, uh yeah, if you didn't like it before, then I can't really give you a big selling point this week and say, oh, well, this week everything turned around and this happened and this happened. It was still enjoyable to me. So that's yeah. that's okay. the best that I can do. Well, I probably will check it out just because I wasn't completely sold not to watch it. Yep. It just wasn't an urgent priority for me. Gotcha. And then uh, – the only other two things that I watch, I'll just touch upon very briefly, uh, just to give thumbs up again. Man Seeking Woman, if you're not watching it, great show, really fun. And uh, Incorporated, I'm really, again, surprised how much I'm enjoying this show. Every episode just is more enjoyable to me. And I really think if you like a good sci-fi with ridiculously over-the-top technology that somehow feels believable... It's got good stories. It's got good twists and turns. It's suspenseful. Like, I actually find myself kind of on the edge of my seat at times. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it's surprising. I don't normally get it's that nice with shows these days. Yeah. yeah. Um, but really, it is a super enjoyable show. So uh, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon did a good job on this one. Um, going back to Tombstone real quick. Yeah. I got sucked into it again. It's one of my favorite Westerns. I loved this one. I used to watch it constantly, and now I haven't watched it in, in quite a few years, actually. Um, 
it's just such a great movie. You've seen it, I'm assuming. Uh, negative, sir. I have not. Are you, what? Really? I've never been a big one on war movies or westerns. Okay, so Tombstone is the story of Wyatt Earp and his brothers, Virgil and Morgan, and them going into Tombstone, Arizona, and Doc Holliday's there. And it's the whole big thing which builds to the showdown between the Earps and Doc Holliday and the cowboy gang. Because the cowboys weren't like – wasn't a generic term to describe someone. They were a gang like the Bloods or the Crips or a motorcycle gang or whatever. They were they were the cowboys. And that that was who they had this the um the gunfight at the OK Corral, the shootout between the Earps, Doc Holiday and, and and the Clanton and McLowry boys and everything. Yep. Um at the OK Corral was was that was in Tombstone, Arizona, and that was the big thing. And what happened is after that, the Cowboys get the revenge. They they try to kill Morgan and Virgil. And Wyatt, and they fail. They don't. They do not succeed. And so uh, they kill Morgan. And Virgil gets wounded, so his arm doesn't work anymore, basically. And uh, so Wyatt gets a posse together with Doc Holliday and some of his friends, and basically kind of goes on a revenge run, killing everyone involved. Because ultimately, Wyatt Earp was, at some point. Wyatt Earp was not a good person. Like. <laughs> Like if you really look into it, yeah, he's a herald lawman of Dodge City and on and on and on. He did all this stuff, but ultimately at the end, he he was a killer, and he just had the law on his side, basically. Um. So, anyways, it's an awesome movie, and one of the things I realized last night watching the movie, it's got a tremendous cast. I mean, a huge cast. I mean, you're looking at like I'm not going to name everybody, but like the main characters you're looking at is like. Kurt Russell is Wyatt, and his brothers are played by Sam Elliott and Bill Paxton. Yeah, Paxton. And then you have <laughs> Powers Booth as uh, Curly Bill, the bad guy. Michael Behan plays Johnny Ringo. And then, like, Jason Priestley's in it, which seems really weird. Billy Zane's in it. Danny Delaney's in it. Stephen Lang's in it. He plays Ike Clayton. I had no idea. Like, there's so many people. Like, uh, Billy Bob Thornton's got a character in it that's kind of short-lived. I mean, if you go on the IMDb and you look at the cast, it's really an amazing cast of, of, of actors that were in their prime, as well as young actors, people that you go, oh, okay, I know who that is. And then if you really look into it, there's a huge list or huge succession, if you will, of former Hollywood actors that were in all these Western flicks back in the 50s and 60s and whatnot. And they're in this movie as under cameo roles or short roles or whatever it is. Small roles, not short roles. And so it is a really tremendous cast. It's just a great movie. So I got sucked into that and then ended up staying up two more hours later than I wanted to watching that. Nice. It was. It's a great flick. If, if you really haven't seen it, you should. I've heard I know you know, so much good about it over the years. There really is. We should just like sometime – I know we don't have time anymore, but sometime we should get together and just sit and watch the flick. It's worth watching. It's just, it's just a good movie. Nice. Yeah, I, I have to see it at some point, I think. <laughs> I think you do. I think you do. A um, couple movie news or notes. Oh, I have one more show I watched that I, have, I wanted to talk about, which I put it under a different list because it's a Hulu show. Shut I. Oh, yes. I haven't watched any more since the first episode. Oh, damn it. All right. I'm not going to say anything then. Um, it's I really, really like the show. I really do. Um, I really liked what I saw of it. 
Yeah, definitely watch more. I don't want to ruin it. Uh, but I do want to get back to it when you do watch it. Absolutely. Um, it's a really, really good show. Like I just, I really enjoyed it. Jeffrey Donovan's great in it. His character's great in it. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a great show. I'll just leave it at that. Please watch it. (laughs) So my buddy Aaron, who I do the wrestling podcast with is losing his mind. He's so excited because Twin Peaks is coming back this May. And it's going to be a Showtime original. And it's every episode, 18 of them, is directed by – well, okay, let me say that. They said it was 18 hours. So I don't know if that's 18 episodes or if every hour is an hour, every episode is an hour and a half, then that would be less. But it says 18 hours of content, all directed by David Lynch. And it literally takes place 25 years later. And Kyle McLaughlin's back as his character from the original series. I thought a lot of the characters were back from the original series. Uh, Yes, the only person that you see in the credits or in the little teaser is Kyle McLaughlin, though. Okay. Did you ever watch the original series? I did not. Either did I. I feel like I have to. I didn't watch the movie either. Aaron says the movie's garbage, but the series was phenomenal. Hmm. So I feel like I need to watch it because I want to say the series is on Netflix. Unless they took it off because – well, no, because rights purposes. But anyway, so yeah, that's coming back this week. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Twin Peaks, the the series, all two seasons is on here. The first season is only eight episodes, which is odd for a show back in 1990. Right. But the second season is a full 22, so there's 30 episodes. Um, The other news thing I had, I guess, was – uh, X-Files season 11 it has not been a hard confirmed. However, Fox has stated we should expect new episodes in 2018. Okay. So we should expect. So that, that, that sounds better than you might get. Yeah, it was, you should expect new episodes in 2018 it's not going to be a full 22 episode season, but he will, they want more than six this time around. Yeah. Are they going to let, uh, leave it on another stupid cliffhanger? I better not. That was garbage. Complete garbage. I still love the show, but that was garbage. And then I got one more bit of news. Yep. Uh, that I can think of, and that's a trailer I watched and, uh, I watched the trailer for chips. <laughs> As did I, my friend. With Dax Shepard and Michael Pena playing your title or characters. And um, I, I got to say, like, okay, as if, okay, how do I word this? If no Chips TV show had ever existed, this movie looks pretty good and funny. Yep. But knowing there was a Chips TV show, based on how the show was, based on what we're seeing in this trailer, it's garbage because it's not the TV show. Like, they could have, they should have just called this any other type of movie. They should have just called it like fish out of water police duo or something. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like anything besides chips, the fact that they're calling it chips and they're using, you know, the characters names, which I, all I can think of is Ponch Poncharello. Yep. Um, it's not, it's not chips. Like rude went on this rampage at work after he watched the trailer. Cause he was pissed cause he loves chips loves the TV show and even this trailer just shit over everything that he loved about the show <laughs> even reversing the roles of the character not only the fact that one of them is not even a 
chips. He's an FBI agent undercover, right? But reversing the roles of the characters, or the one guy that like Dax Shepard's character on the show was the you know straight edged, you know by the book guy, and and that's not the case in the movie. They've flipped those roles, and yeah, he's he's not happy about it, and I don't blame him because. You know, again, if it was just any movie, it did look pretty good and funny. But knowing that it's supposed to be a Chips movie based on the TV series, it's that's not what it is. What's your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts were very similar. I didn't really get into the show when it was on, but I know enough about it. And honestly, for me, the trailer looked mediocre at best. Like, yeah. it had some funny parts, but I just kept thinking, like, 21 Jump Street, when that came out, based on a TV show, it was completely different from the TV show. You know, they, they kept some of the same ideas and they had a few cameos in there, but the trailer looked hilarious for that. And the movie was a riot. I loved it. This one, it looked like a stretch for me. Like I couldn't muster up the same kind of excitement as I had with the 21 jump street or 22 jump street. Um, I didn't like a lot of the, it basically seemed like everything was based around the motorcycles, and I get it, California Highway Patrol, you know. Well, that's, yeah, and that's what it was on the series. They they were motorcycle cops. Yep, but it seemed like the motorcycles were kind of central to every joke and every stunt and every laugh. Fair enough. Uh, it just, nothing in the trailer really sold me. I came out of it laughing and thinking, oh, I should tell people about that, and then, eh, I, I don't really care enough about it to do that. And the funny thing is, too, I love Dak Shepard, and Michael Pena is amazing. I, his role in Ant-Man just friggin' stole the show. But I couldn't muster up the level yeah. of excitement that I hoped to when I saw that there was a Chips trailer. I just I just wish Hollywood stopped trying to remake 80s TV shows as movies. I mean, none of them... Okay, so we got more than one Charlie's Angels, but like... I didn't care for those movies. Starsky and Hutch wasn't very good. Miami Vice wasn't good. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's been a huge gap between them before we get to here. But, yeah, it's just. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It. They need to stop Tw- with this crap. 21 Jump Street and 22 Jump Street were good. Yep. But they weren't. They, they weren't the show, what the TV show was. But it's almost like. All right, with with Charlie's Angels, they basically tried to make it like the TV series, and the, but they made it a little wackier. With Starsky and Hutch and Miami no, no, Vice, a lot wackier, a lot wackier. Yes, but not that good wacky, over the top, driving monster trucks. Like really, really, you know. Um, Starsky and Hutch, Miami Vice, they tried to make them like the series, but yep. comedies as well. But it just kind of pissed all over them. And then, but 21 Jump Street, they're like, oh no, no, we're going to be ridiculous to be ridiculous. Yep. I don't know what it was, but the way they did 21 and 22 Jump Street, it was like, all right, this is acceptable. <laughs> it wasn't just acceptable, it was hilarious. Yeah, especially 22 Jump Street. I actually liked 22 better than 21. Oh, I don't know. I, I had the biggest laugh of the movies in 22 Jump Street when, uh, Channing Tatum lost his mind over the fact that Schmidt banged the captain's daughter and was yes. doing that dance and jumping around and gyrating. Yes. And la- oh my god, I was on the floor laughing. But I, well, I think I liked the first one a bit better. It could be again the environment with which I watched Twenty Two Jump Street the first time was you and me, Jer and Johnny sitting in a hotel room down at Rhode Island Comic Con one yeah. night. Yeah, we sat and watched that movie and just like we were dying laughing, like just. 
we thought we were being too loud. We were laughing so loud. So, excuse me. Anyhow, I think that's everything for me. Well, I got some news of my own. I'd uh, love to hear it. Two trailers that I saw in addition to yours. One uh, was for a movie called iBoy, and that's the letter I, like iPhone or iPod or iTunes or I gotcha. can't believe they made this a movie. Uh, uh-huh. Basically, it looks like a teenage boy has an accident and pieces of his phone get embedded in his head, and oh now he can do everything. Like, he could see radio waves. He could, uh, you know see uh, closed-circuit TVs. He can read them just by looking at them. Uh, he can hear phone conversations, and then he can start controlling technology. Uh, eh, eh, whatever. You know, I saw the preview. I was not sold. It's going to be on Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's going to be a Netflix movie. Uh, so, eh. Uh, Maisie Williams in it. That's why I saw it, because it was on one of her fan pages. She was like, oh, look, you know, here comes the trailer for the movie I'm in, and Eh. Yeah. Uh, what else? The other one was uh, Frontier with Jason Momoa. Yes, I saw that commercial as well. That's going to be on what channel? That's going to be on Netflix, I believe. Oh, that's right. That is a Netflix one as but well. Here's the thing: like, if you read the IMDb, it says Frontier is the first original scripted series ordered by Discovery, and will follow the struggle to control wealth and power in the North American fur trade in the late 18th century. And did you watch the trailer and think, wow, this doesn't look very good until like the last few seconds when Jason Momoa started killing everybody? That was pretty much it, yeah. And even then, yeah. it was like, wow, he kills everybody, but eh. Um, apparently, it's been out in Canada for a while now. It, it's one of those type of shows. Like, yeah. the release date was November 6, 2016 in Canada. We're going to be getting it on Netflix soon. Um, six episodes in the first season. I could take it or leave it, honestly. I saw the trailer. I, I'm fine with it. It's like I watched – I actually did watch an episode of a show on Netflix. It was a Canadian show. It was called um, – I want to say it was called Black Water. Okay. I should look it up. If I'm going to talk about it, I should know what I'm talking about. I didn't make any notes on it. I didn't like it. I didn't care for it. It was, it was a uh, – political show but politics in that of in the form of a, a uh, small town or whatever it, it involves they call it small first town politics yeah it uh, and they call them they call them first nations people blackstone okay uh, on the First Nations Reserve, community leaders try to solve their people's problems from drugs and domestic abuse to corruption and power struggles. And essentially, it's what it's like our Native Americans. They'd be like watching a show about a, preserva- a reservation. Okay. Uh, completely about a reservation, except it's the First Nations in Canada. And there's a combination of, of really bad acting, tremendously bad acting, with some decent acting and then just all political business or whatever. I tried to watch it. Um, I can't remember why, but it wasn't good. I will definitely avoid it then. It was not good at all. So, um, And then the news that I have is all based around the DC shows. Oh, good. Go with it. 
so first off, Keith David will voice Solovar, the leader of Gorilla City, in a two-part episode set in Grodd's society of hyper-intelligent gorillas. I love so much of that, of everything you just said. <laughs> Continue on. Yeah, Solovar in the comics was always Grodd's biggest nemesis. You know, he was the benevolent leader of Gorilla City. Everybody loved him. He had similar powers, you know, telepathy, mind control, stuff like that. But he was always the good guy, and Grodd was the bad guy. And right. Keith David... <sighs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, now, this is a, a big one. It says, meanwhile, and, and I actually just copied the article thing here so that I can have the words right. It says, meanwhile, Black Flash will indeed be a part of the show, according to Andrew Krinsberg. You might be seeing him on multiple shows. He will be the classic comic book Grim Reaper aspect. It's just going to be on multiple shows. He's a classic character, and we have storylines on multiple shows that fit having him return. There's something so scary about him, even scarier than when he was just a man, because now he is the Grim Reaper. He's like the devil. How do you stop the devil? It presents an interesting challenge to the heroes of the respective shows in which he appears. However, Teddy Sears isn't necessarily locked down to play his own skeleton, Kreisberg added. I'm not sure. Teddy is pretty busy with 24 Legacy. So, of course, Teddy Sears was Jay Garrick slash Zoom. But Yeah, that's pretty cool. Again, you know, the Black Flash was always the Grim Reaper of the Flashes, but it sounds like they're going to let him be the Grim Reaper of everybody, which is pretty badass if they can do it right. Honestly, with these shows, I feel like they will. Because <laughs> we talked last week about how they've all been renewed for their next season, so obviously yep. there's no slowing them down. Um, meanwhile, the Music Meister has been confirmed to be the villain of the Flash Supergirl musical crossover episode. Well, that makes the most sense, doesn't it? <laughs> Whether he will be played by Neil Patrick Harris still remains to be seen. I hope so. Wouldn't that be great? I think that would be awesome. And the final one, which came out of left field and it really excited me, Peter Gaddio, who I looked him up. He was in uh, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. He's been in some other things, but he's nobody you'd really recognize. He has been cast as Mixer, Mr. Mixit's Pitalik, the fanciful imp from the fifth dimension from DC Comics in a two-part episode of Supergirl this season. Oh, Okay, cool. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Yeah, that Mr. is cool. Pitalik. That's going to be really interesting. I I always loved the character when I was a kid, and I'd see him on like the Super Friends and stuff. Oh, yeah. He was like one of my favorites. And, and the only way to get him to go back to the fifth dimension was to get him to say his own name backwards. Yes. <sighs> this could be fun because he came up with some crazy stuff. I really hope that they get, you know, like funnel all of their special effects budget into that two-part episode so that they can have him just altering reality in some of the most awesome ways. Well, you know, either with these shows, they either do it a thousand percent right or not at all. <laughs> it's true. You know, it's, I mean, sincerely, there's really no in between. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the shows coming back. Yes. Next week. Are they all back next week? Uh, negative, sir. It'll be the week after. No, Supergirl comes back on the 16th. Does it? Yes. That much I know. Okay. Supergirl uh, comes back on the 16th and I don't know when the others come back. I only wrote down Supergirl. Unless they changed it, I think that comes back Monday, so. Interesting. I know Either that, way. yeah, I know that most of them are like the 24th, 25th, stuff like that. Hold on, I'm checking right now. Uh, see, yeah, Supergirl is not listed on my DVR for tomorrow. 
Gotham, Lucifer, and Timeless come back. Ooh, Timeless. Yes. I'm excited for that to come back. I can't wait to watch that show again. Yeah, Supergirl comes back on the 23rd. Flash is okay. the 24th. All oh, right. Weird, though. Flash is the 24th, and then that's at 8, and at 9, Legends of Tomorrow is on. I don't know if it's huh. permanently coming away from Thursdays or if that was just for this week. I bet you it's permanently coming away from Thursdays because I think they're going to have Riverdale follow Supernatural on Thursdays. Oh, yeah. Uh Speaking of which, you had talked about a show earlier, and I said I wanted to get back to that, which was – it was an upcoming one. Oh, Training Day. Oh, yeah, Training Day. Yeah. I, I got a um, a bit of a challenge from one of our listeners. They said that with all these shows that are coming up, like Training Day or APB or Riverdale, you know, the mid-season replacements, that we should do on one of our episodes a prediction – Type of thing, you know, where we, we have a list of them and then you say which ones you think are going to last and which ones aren't going to last before they come out, just based on what we've seen in the previews and know of the stories. I think that's a perfect, I think we should do that next week. I think we should too. So that'll give us something. We'll do a little research. And like yeah. I said, I just rattled off a few of them right there, but we'll look into, you know, what's coming out basically in February. So you got like Powerless, APB, uh, Riverdale, you know, all those. And we'll say which ones we think are going to last. You didn't say Taken in that. Oh, we got to have Taken in. Yes. And, and the new Blacklist show. Yes. Yep. Any of them. And yep. we'll compare notes over the week and make sure that we get them all covered. And then we'll uh, write down our predictions and have it be like a fantasy football. I don't know sports, so I don't know if that works <laughs> at all. Maybe that analogy doesn't work, but, you know. Nah, but we'll, we'll have a, yeah, we'll just, we'll have a, a running thing. We can see what we think is going to last, what we think is not going to last. Cool. Yeah. Have they canceled frequency yet? Do you know? No. It still had two episodes that have been back from hiatus. It's really irking me. Hmm. That's really of all the shows that I picked up this year that I watched, started watching. It's the only one I, well, not the only one I gave up on because, but I mean, it's just, I'm surprised that one's still on. That one in, uh, The Exorcist. Is that still on, do you think? I haven't looked. I haven't even looked. I have not seen The Exorcist come back, and I'm pretty sure that one was canceled. Yeah, it deserves it. I think this week, while I'm researching the new mid-season shows, I'm going to see what was canceled already. Good. I think that's a good thing. Uh, TV series finale. Is a good site. Yes. Well, that's where I learned about the X-Files announcement and everything. I follow that one on the Facebook myself. Nice. Yeah. As do I. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) This is weird. Like, I put myself on a self-imposed social media blackout because of this uh, wrestling show I'm going to watch coming up here after we get done this. Uh Uh-huh. So I have not looked at Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or even the internet at all because except for I went to Wikipedia to find out the Holmes brothers name for almost seven hours now. And it's weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I have over 20 notifications on my Facebook thing alone and I don't know what any of that is. I'm guessing Paul watched football today and there's a bunch of <laughs> – him posting instead of just doing one thread, him posting new things about football. You, you mean treating Facebook like Twitter? Pretty much, yeah. Treating yeah. Facebook like Twitter. Yep. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that I would have twenty notifications on my Facebook if I went away for a month. Unless that, no, I would because that would be birthdays. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, this person's birthday. Yep. Uh, do you not like have things? 
set to pop up to let you know when something was posted something. Correct. Uh, see, I have that for a couple people, but one thing I've done now is like, um, on a, only on a select few pages, it's the uh, show me first. You okay. can select, like for instance, a TV series finale, news, whatever it is. You can have that one select to show you first. So when you pull up your, your news feed, which is based on the recommended feed, it'll show you those things first, whatever they've posted. Gotcha. To make sure you don't miss them. And then I usually just go over to most recent and I just thumb through the most recent. So it does chronological order. Nice. Anyhow. Yeah. Cool. So do you have anything else? Or- uh, no, no, I think that's it for me. Cool. Well, that's it for me as well. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. Don't forget to message us if you have questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations. Thanks for the uh, recommendation for the uh, thing that we're going to do next week. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to that. Actually, that'll be fun. That'll be fun because I don't even know all the shows that are coming in. So that'd be nice to know. Anyways, see if there's anything I missed I'd like to check out. Yeah. 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 Anyhow, cool. So you can find me on the Twitter at SuperstarML. And I'm on Twitter at uh, the Quantum Geek G33K. And then uh, the show is at What Did You Watch? And our Facebook presence is uh, What Did You Watch This Week? And, yeah, so thanks. Thanks, everybody. Later. Later.